0: Are we recording? Yes, sir.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. We're recording this post-game Thursday, post the Pittsburgh Penguins versus Toronto Maple Leafs game. Half capacity at Scotiabank Arena. We haven't had that in a little while. Joined now by Josh and Jason, as always. How's it going? What up? What up? What up? <laughs> Someone's battling something over there. No, I'm
2: just reading Ben Chirot's, some Ben Chirot stats. Sorry, nice. I was distracted. Nice.
1: Before we get into that, let's talk about today's presenting sponsor support for the rink rat report podcast is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in the below the waist grooming and hygiene ladies listen up manscaped off, manscaped offers precision engineered tools for you and your man's jewels for any women out there who have come across a hairy bush you're now in luck manscaped the best in men's below the waist grooming have just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Yep. The 4.0. Make sure your man joins the 4 million men worldwide who already trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off. That's two zero percent off and free worldwide shipping with the code rinkrat that is r i n k r a t at manscaped.com so an update this week i got to use i used the ear trimmer and i was really happy to do so because you know just looking at older kind of generations and seeing the uh situation that's going on in there in the ears it's kind of gross. I'm not gonna lie. Even the nose
2: hairs too. Yeah, the Nylander haters have a lot of nose in yeah. here. That <laughs> that, a, that age cohort. Yep. So, get yourself the ear trimmer, the
1: performance package. That's what we got right now. It's Fantastic. incredible. Oh my god. Makes ge- grooming so much easier.
0: Again, I'm gonna keep pushing the ball deodorant. It's I think the best best stuff I've ever used. Ooh. Keeps it, uh, keeps it nice and clean. Not sweaty. If you're going to play hockey, if you're going on the ODR, you got a nice little breeze. Yeah. It's great.
1: Exactly, exactly. I mean, uh, my girlfriend pointed out to me like a, an ear hair, an ear hair that, I w- that was growing pretty long on me. And then now ever since, I'm, I'm glad Manscaped sent us that, uh, the ear trimmer there because it comes in handy so much. I'm not going to be looking like those guys you see at the gym with, uh, you know, they're they're tickling you with, when they're standing six feet away with their, their ear hairs there. Anyways, let's get into it. Little Leafs versus Penguins. Not a playoff game, obviously.
0: That was a garbage take. Do you want to, should we start with that off the top? Well, that was the first game, so I don't see why not.
1: I I want to address something, yeah. A lot of people were calling that game against Calgary a playoff type game, quote unquote. Why? Because Calgary is big. They play hard, even though they have Johnny Goudreau up front. And they added Tyler Toffoli. Hmm, another big, tough player. <clears throat> you kidding me? Milan Lucic plays 13 minutes a game, doesn't he? Look that up if that's correct. Yeah,
2: around there, for sure. Good
1: Branson does not play a lot of time. Zadorov does not play a lot of time. Those are their depth players. But it's a playoff-type game. And the Leafs, they look tired. They didn't look good. Guess what? They also had 10 forwards for the majority of the game. Andre Kasha went out, and they already they were already only had nice English there, but they only had 11 forwards to start. You knock out Andre Kasha, you have 10 forwards. I know some people that play men's league games with more forwards than that, and they're playing in an NHL game. No wonder. The Leafs looked great up until it was one nothing. They were rolling. Mm-hmm. After that, I agree, they looked tired. They looked like the garbage. I didn't particularly love Jack Campbell's game either. But guess what? You have ten forwards. Obviously, you're going to be tired.
0: Yeah, that's that's one thing I feel like the people who were kind of uh, some people just actively look to hate on this team, and that's one thing that they just completely omitted from this. It's funny that the one game, literally the first game of the season, we were like, "All right, let's roll eleven and seven. Let's try and accrue some cap for the deadline." I love the move, but I love how in, in the first ten minutes we lose a forward. What are the chances of that? What like come on? What are the chances of it that? It was a clean hit. Also. It was a, it, yeah, it was a clean hit. Whatever. Um, but an unfortunate hit an exactly unfortunate and result, he got he got injured but hit. but cash is fine now and and he just had to leave the game and that, that that's okay it but happens. but again like us going down 10 10 and 7 with what 45 minutes left in the game like that's just an awful situation to be in so
1: it's tough it's tiring yeah it's like i'm a
0: goalie so i don't have as much experience with it but you you guys know what it's like to play a men's league
1: game shorthanded
0: yeah, yeah. it's like an amalgamation of things though because again you're you're you, you have to play more, you're playing more, more minutes and you have less time to rest. I know it sounds silly, but like just those extra 30 seconds of rest that you're missing out on that, that adds up over time. So you could just see by the, by the middle of the second period, the Leafs were just literally exhausted. They lost all their legs and that's kind of when Calgary started piling on most of their goals. And then yep. the third period, they kind of got a second wind. Uh, Matthews, I think Matthews or bunting had a bunting. nice goal. It was bunting. That the Off first the line obviously looked nice. great again, like as Matthews always. He's
1: almost scored a nice out of the air. Uh, oh yeah, he smacked it. Hit hit the crossbar there. But so they but, they they're a resilient bunch. You cannot like give. You have to give the Leafs credit about that. They are a resilient bunch, and they showed that in a lot of games this
0: year. Absolutely, and and one thing like they 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 had fifty seven. Uh, sh- like their course, he was fifty seven. They had 57, uh, the shots shot, like like fifty seven. uh shot 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 attempts like. They they were shooting Jacob the puck. Jacob Markstrom they, played well. They weren't like not doing anything. That's what I don't understand. It, it, I'd understand if the shots were like twenty, like if they had twenty yeah. shots, like in the Seattle game. But like they, they they almost they shot fifty-seven shot attempts. Is a lot of shot attempts. Like yeah. that's a lot. So
1: sometimes they the, Markstrom, they got his, he got his money's worth that game. Yeah. But uh, I agree, they didn't look good. But it was like it was this, under the circumstances they were under. Mm-hmm. You you
0: just on to the next one there, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and also like let's not take anything away from Calgary either. They are they're a good team. Like they're they are a good team. And like uh, earlier
1: in the year, they had played a lot of road. I mentioned this at mm-hmm. one point. They had less home games than the New York Islanders, who started like what eighteen or whatever game amount of games on the road, and like they had a very good road record. And so that's why I I when I had that model up, it had them so high up because mm-hmm. their road record was so strong. And then they just need to carry that forward on, at home, and it looks like they've been doing that, and they've been doing a great job. They're a good yeah. team.
0: Yeah, they they look like they're gonna maybe with the way that Vegas is going with their injuries, they might be a shoo-in to win their division. But oh, I don't know about a shoo-in. I don't know about that. They have a ton of games in hand. That's
2: why. But it'll be close, for yeah. I think. But the the point is, so the original tweet that spurned kind of this whole thing was from Steve Dangle. Everyone knows Steve Dangle. He said, referring to the Flames game, and I quote. Was the game versus the Hurricanes a quote-unquote playoff game or just tight and fun? This, in all caps, is a playoff game, and it ain't going well. The problem I have with that tweet, there's a million things I have (laughs) problem with that tweet. The absolute lack of understanding of, like, it's okay to lose a game in the NHL is beyond this market at this point. Like, teams lose. You're going to lose probably 30 games this year. I'm just letting you know right now. And some of them are going to be good games. Some of them are going to be bad games. But to single out this one performance and say, oh, this Leafs team isn't made for playoffs because they didn't beat this select team is just crazy to me. Yeah, it makes like, who, no sense. who are the playoff teams, quote-unquote, then? So, like, they beat Pittsburgh tonight. Pittsburgh was first in their division. doesn't count. We don't We don't take that as a good win because they didn't play at the way Calgary played. But also, you know the Leafs already beat Calgary this year, right? Yep. So over- what does that mean? It'd be 1-1 in a series. Like, I, I just – the fundamental – backing of that tweet makes no sense at all doesn't also mean... e- even going a step further how many teams in the east play a quote-unquote physical style of game physical tight low scoring playoff style which teams? Playoff which style. teams in the east play like that not no. carolina because steve dangle said that they don't even though they do but it doesn't count, doesn't not, count. Carolina. not carolina not pittsburgh they play run and gun not uh, the rangers for sure
1: Pittsburgh is very defensive. Well, though. not
2: tonight. We've scored four goals on them. Yep. Um, you guys see my point? Like, I, uh, yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. It's just I, it's
0: stupid. I, I don't
1: get it. If and you just
0: give you, if you just give
2: the, like, I
1: screenshotted one of his tweets and put it on the story and just said like, this is trash.
0: Mm-hmm. And like, we're not <laughs> trying to simple. pick on the guy, but it's just if you give it like, if you think about it for like a minute, it's like this just doesn't like what he's saying just doesn't make sense. No. And I, I know he tweeted afterwards that. Um, that he was getting oh like I don't know why I go on Twitter and do this stuff I, I have like a platform I explained to him I watched the video and like his explanation is is like pretty his tweet is his explanation he just I I don't know if he has like PTSD from all the years but hey buddy all of us have watched these least two like we've been through it too but yeah it's, I think I think you made a great point just don't like don't treat this one game as if like it's the 18-wheeler falling off the cliff, right? Like like we mentioned at the beginning of the year when the Leafs were what 2-4 and 2 mm-hmm. and we said give it time.
1: By November 19th, we said we even set a date. We said this is the panic date. If you don't like their performance up until then, that's when you and, should start to panic. And then they went like
2: 11 and 1 or something. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, huh. like also it's okay to just enjoy the regular season games. Like I get it, it's all about the playoffs, but like this is just this is a good team. Exactly. Like you think. I'm sorry. You think Tampa Bay Lightning, defending Stanley Cup champions, are hyped to play the Leafs in the first round of their defense? No. No. It's a terrible matchup for them. They the Leafs have beaten Tampa Bay this year yep. once or twice. Once. 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 And then they lost once. And they lost once. Okay. Like the, it's gonna happen. this is a really good team. Yeah, uh, and if you're gonna you're gonna act like the sky is falling from one loss in the regular season, it's like man, like well, why are you even watching the games at that point? It's not enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. And then no offense to Steve Dangle, I think everyone likes him. He's a seems like a very nice a guide, guy has yeah. a lot of good charitable efforts that he contributes to he's a, seems like a good guy like he then complained that people kind of went at him on Twitter like Leafs fans are the reason that he like has a job at Sportsnet and stuff <laughs> you know no it's true is that is that an unfair take like no it's fair that's because fair. people watched his videos like yeah. and agreed with a lot of stuff he said so if you say something now that people disagree with with your 200,000 200,000 follower platform, you can't be like, oh, why are you? Well, it's my opinion. You can't get mad. Well, no, they're allowed to get upset. If you say something stupid, it's my opinion. I, I'm allowed to have an opinion. And my exactly. opinion is that your opinion is shit. Exactly. And mm. I'm not ripping on Steve Dangle. If you like to follow him, I, I used to follow him. You thought yeah. he was a good follow for a long time. I think there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to understand that like, that's not a voice for, in my opinion, that speaks for Leafs nation. I think that's, that's going into like the wrong side of this fan base, in my opinion.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, he's, Seems like nothing personal against him. I just thought, yeah, his, that take was kind of trash from him. And
2: a lot of people ripped on him for it, too. Yeah. yeah. He also said, kind of I, didn't, I don't know, he said on his podcast that the Leafs might trade Jack Campbell, which was another. And to be fair, the other guys on his podcast, Adam Wilde and yeah, Jesse, Jesse Blake, Blake. Were, like, what, like, were kind of ripping on him. Like, dude, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> that makes no sense. And then he kind of backed off it. But like, again, like, these guys, what they say is not gospel. You know, like, But it's just a nothing. weird take. Nothing that anyone says yeah. is gospel. Unless Only it comes from say. Bob McKenzie. Oh, okay.
1: And us. We're okay. always right. <laughs> Everything we say is not up for discussion. Uh, but let's get into that Vancouver game. And I I was able to record this and watch it and watch some replay. Like, I went pretty in-depth in this game for this one right here. There is a defenseman on Vancouver that the Leafs are, some. I don't know, one reporter in Vancouver said the Leafs are supposedly interested in. And just the style of play that Vancouver played – I have some questions and such about it. Number one, and this game and also the Seattle game kind of brought this up. Do you think Tavares is too slow to play center for the Leafs in the playoffs if they're going to go on a deep run? No. No. You don't?
2: I don't think so. I think there's a lot slower centers on a lot of good teams.
1: Then how do you shore up his defensive game? It might just not be that good this year. And you're just going to run with that in the playoffs. Correct.
2: Okay. Wow. Okay. I was expecting something else. Like no, I, I think... And I think... Sorry, I think it's. No, you go, you go. I, I think it's not just him. Like, William Nylander's defensive mm-hmm. game is... Mm-hmm. R- last 10 games, no offense. Piss poor. Yeah. Lazy, bad. Sorry. Like, bad. Yeah. Even tonight. I was pointing out some plays to Jason that are just, like, bad. But... Wow. Okay. It's okay. If they generate offense, it's fine. Yeah. Like, I don't think you expect that line to be good defensively at this point because they've no. been really bad defensively.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, I, I, I've, we've talked about the second line a bit on this podcast earlier in previous episodes that like, they haven't been like, at least since J- January has come, they haven't been that good. They were really dominant to start the season, but yeah, they, they seem to be giving up a lot more than they're getting now, especially. And that's not just in, regular goals but unexpected goals as well so well those
2: guys have are minus players right now in the Leafs that's pretty hard to do yeah like
1: especially a point per game yeah. I know wow I
0: didn't I didn't actually
1: yeah I guess I saw that before I didn't clue into
0: that and again they're like obviously fantastic on the power play and they're helping our power play out a lot and we're oh, not yeah. taking anything away from their games but at five on five it, it'd be nice if we can get a little bit more but I don't think that it's a problem I don't think it's that that okay like that John Tavares can't play center in the playoffs. I, I don't think that it's that big of a, a problem. Me neither, maybe. but what do you
1: think? I think I was... Maybe I'm focusing more on micro details here, mm-hmm. but I'm just thinking you move him to the wing, you somehow, like, just pie in the sky, get a faster center. It's going to help that line of time. Nothing... This is not a, a discounted to Alex Kerfoot, who he's, he had a couple great chances tonight. He scored against Seattle. Like, he, he's been very good, but it's just... The defensive results from that line this year have just been horrendous. Like their overall results now are just teetering into, not teetering, they are horrendous. They're they've been terrible, and there's so many instances of just that I've seen in the neutral zone or getting back or in the defensive zone where John Tavares is unable to. He he knows who his man is, but he's unable to keep up to them. And it was it was against teams like Vancouver, or like. It was a, a couple instances I saw against Detroit. Um, well, the one against Seattle, I mean, that's kind of just a shitty play, but he seemed like seemed to be a little late. I guess he wasn't expecting the puck to hit the ref like that on the first goal there. Seemed like a late reaction. There's a couple things going on there, though, so I'll, I'll give him a semi-pass on that. But just like a few too many plays where I'm just like, hmm, like wish you could— I don't know, light a firecracker in his pants or something, make him move a little bit faster. But I don't know. How do you, like, going into playoffs, I, I wouldn't be overly comfortable if our second line is still playing like this. And it's something we mentioned last week, or I think even possibly the week before, right?
2: Yeah. I, yeah. I think they've been straight up bad at five on five for a couple weeks now. We've been, met, like you said, I yeah. mentioned a couple of times, but I think you give them time to bounce back. But mm-hmm. the numbers are getting. Kind of to atrocious territory. Uh, Nylander and Taveras are both in the bottom fifty in terms of evolving Wild's defensive metrics, like in the whole league. Mm-hmm. So that's bad. Top like seventy or eighty percent in offense. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So then that's there's what where kind of my point comes in from before is that I guess you at this point you can kind of just ignore the defense part and just hope that they chip in more offense than what they're giving up on defense, which they have been to be fair for the most part this season.
1: Yeah, well, I guess tonight everyone kind of got caved in in terms of expected goals at 5-on-5. Five five. They gave up a ton of shots, but they won, so yeah. that was the positive there. Uh, but,
0: just a yeah. quick, I just did a quick little search on just John Tavares and William Nylander as of January 14th, and they're averaging like around three expected goals against per 60, and whereas like if you do it through the whole season, it's about two and a half, so... They're clearly giving up a lot, a lot. It's not just what we see. Like again, the expected numbers do back this up. Um, they're giving up a lot yeah. more on 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 defense yeah, on defense in the past couple of weeks. But one thing I want to point out though is that their on ice save percentage, or, yeah, on ice save percentage has been terrible over that stretch too. It's been seventy nine point six nine It's Also
1: because of their defense, exactly. Position. So they, you they, don't you can
0: see it with your eyeballs, exactly. So it's it could right. it's like probably a little bit of both, but yeah, hopefully with a little bit of luck though we can see it get lifted, go the other way, yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, how much more time do you give it, though?
2: I don't the know. whole season. I whole mean, season there's now. not really, Joe, no offense. There's no other choice to, for your yeah. second line center. What's the other choice? That's Are you thinking Claude Giroux? No,
1: I don't know. Or maybe, like, move someone on the wing. like.
2: like the only thing o- I would see is you put William Nylander at center.
1: Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't love or, that. Or Alex Kerfoot. Yeah.
0: But Kerfoot, like,
1: yeah. Maybe you try that. I mean, why not? I would I would more want Kerfoot at center versus versus mm-hmm. Nylander. Uh, just because, I mean, we saw last year in the playoffs the results of Kerfoot at center with Nylander on the wing. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you try that. Another possibility I thought that, like, maybe it's just I'm going way too far on the other side is Pierre Engvall instead of no, Alex no, Kerfoot. No, no, no. Just the foot speed there would really help them. No.
2: I think you're giving up way too much offense putting Pierre okay, yeah. there. That's yeah. what I've I. Just, and I'm not um, trying to disrespect Engvall, but like, offensively stinks. You're giving up way yeah. too
0: much. I'd rather yeah. just be okay, okay. slightly worse dif- yeah, defensively and just still be that powerhouse
2: offensively. Yeah, I, I think I, I think it makes sense though too. But right? I, th- I think your, your your main point makes a ton of sense because Tavares' foot speed also makes it a little harder for them to generate a lot of speed in their mm-hmm. exits as well. And yeah. you see they're getting stuck in their own zone a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was saying yeah. this to Jason as well. That's why I think they should line match this line way more offensively. This should be almost an offensive zone only line. Yeah, I don't hate that. And games yeah. like tonight against Crosby, yeah. you can match Matthews against Crosby. You can match comp against Malkin and you can like let this line run free kind of. But mm-hmm. then again, you're taking valuable shifts away from the first line. So it's a valid question. I have not seen anybody on Lee's Twitter talk about this, which is interesting because yeah. this line has been terrible I don't mm-hmm. like, I don't know how this isn't being talked about.
0: Yeah, because it's William Nylander. But right, it's not only him. It's to, Tavares too. <laughs> to, to be fair, like their their points are being propped up by their power play performance, which is good. Like again, I want to make this clear. They are doing fantastic on the power play still, right? But if you even if you go through game yeah. by game and just look at points in general, they they're even though they're getting like a lot of power play points, they're still not generating that many points, right? Like they're not. Uh, they're in a bit of a slump, I guess it's fair to say so.
1: Yeah, I guess yeah. so. It was just something I targeted, and I'm like, mm-hmm. this is, is causing a lot of issues. How do you fix it? And I guess maybe I wasn't looking enough at the positives for it. Yeah, but.
0: I, and I wonder if, like, a way to fix that is just being, like, by instead of just be like, I feel like our first line does this a bit where, and... I remember watching Tampa when I was younger with St. Louis and Stamkos. Like St. Louis would play more of a center centering position than Stamkos. Maybe that's kind of the well, yeah, solution. That's what, where, that's
1: what Mark Stone was doing with Chandler mm-hmm, Stevenson. Yeah. yeah, so
2: maybe like that's why so I are, think maybe Nylander can maybe drive play through the ice. But again, like, I don't. Change. I don't think Nylander can play defensively as in the middle of the ice. No, I know.
0: I, I was no. I was thinking more Kerfoot in that well, sense. Maybe but, Kerfoot then. But um, yeah, no, I I I think. The second line, really, we do struggle when they're on the ice in our own zone, and it does, especially in the last couple of games. And, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully, he'll come back. I think
2: think it's a great conversation to start, though. like, Yeah. Because it sounds crazy. Like, oh, Tavera's, you know, he's not quick enough. But you could clearly see that's the the deficit in his game right now is his foot speed. But you think of some guys have been able to – I think of Ryan Getzlav; He's, like, I don't know, five, six years older, and he's still playing at a decently high level. Like yeah. I think there's ways you can compensate that, mm-hmm. and maybe we got to think of ways that they can hide that deficiency. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, like, I think
1: there maybe a philosophical change in, or like a strategic change in that line is needed.
2: Yeah, maybe yeah. It's, it's interesting because they were playing well. They're playing for, fantastic for the first, I don't know, half of the year so yeah, far. I guess they it's, were I'm yeah. trying. To. Like, yeah,
1: I think it's always been a lot of activity, but mm-hmm. it's they were positive. Right, and then injuries happening and line shuffling and all that garbage. but um yeah it, it is something to keep an eye on and definitely target as a as a place to improve
0: yeah right Um. Uh, i I kind of want to transition this into like i was gonna say this more for like a stat surfing thing, but like the remember that the excel spreadsheet I brought up to you guys i was it was kind of getting into this and how the second lines affect on our defensemen and specifically, I just was looking at Justin hall because Again, there's been a lot of talk about Justin Hall being in the top four. Does he fit? Does he not fit? A lot of people are leaning towards that. But with Justin Hall, John Tavares, and William Nylander on the ice, I, I, I should add Kerfoot to this. But um, the expected goals against are two point nine two. Without John Tavares and without William Nylander, Justin Hall's expected goals against are one point five eight per sixty. Wow, it's a significant decrease, and that, that's again, a massive decrease. That,
1: that's, that's go beyond significant. That's an insane. So decrease. wait, when Justin Hole is on the ice, you're saying it's better defensive on ice results, yes, than uh, than when he's
0: on the ice with Nylander Tavares, yes, yes. And that that sorry, I, I messed this up because I just I was on natural static. That was only for the last ten games, yeah. But again, like over over time, the numbers are still very similar to that. And I, again, like we like. I think that has a little bit to do with how Justin Hall does not succeed very well with getting the puck out. And maybe like maybe it's from the second line not supporting him enough. I don't know what them getting hemmed up, one play leading to another. I don't know. But the, the numbers just with Justin Hall and this line have not been looking good. But when he's away from them, he hasn't been that bad. So a lot of, a lot, I think a lot of what people are attributing to Justin Hall... Could potentially so it's something be to take it to. a look at. I mean, yeah. it
1: could be something about competition that's mm-hmm. on the ice when that happens. For sure, yeah.
0: It could be who's his
1: D partner on the ice when that happens. It could be situational, right? Absolutely. So I th- but I think that is definitely something to take a look at and keep an eye on for mm-hmm. sure. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, it did sound like Sheldon Keith in the post game press conference um, was going is going to actively keep Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin away from each other because it just hasn't been good enough this year,
2: right? Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts, though, right? He what mentioned. do you think? You think that he'll keep it up like that? I don't know. I mean, he had the opportunity to have them
1: together. He tried to keep them away in Seattle. I guess it's, it's a little bit of mix and matches. That's what he's mm-hmm. trying to do right now. Yeah,
0: I— yeah, sorry to cut you off. I think that's like we're just doing this to see what we really have before we actually make an acquisition, if we do make an acquisition yeah. for a defenseman, to see if we maybe can get away with putting Sandin on that second line or Lilligan How on that second How do you think he looked line.
1: tonight in that role?
2: Sandin? Yeah. I thought he was not not good, not bad, but that the I don't know. Something's up with Muzzin still. Like His game has not been where it usually is. Still No. I don't want to see those guys struggle because the game was already like kind of out of hand in the mm-hmm. third, but they didn't yeah. have the best showing I saw. The goal, yep. the one goal that was scored was somehow they were both out of position on the same play, which, again, if the puck doesn't go in, we don't think about it. And Marner got a tick on the puck, and it went out, and then I think Bunting also tried to hit it out, and then it ended up back in front of the net. Yeah, I didn't love the, the forwards positioning on that Well, play. to be and fair, they shouldn't be right. in that position. Yeah. Like, and also, if you get a tick on the puck as a forward in the slot – and then the puck comes back, and your defensemen are still not somehow not in the slot covering. Oh, yeah. That's just like that was just really bad positioning. Yeah, by the D. that makes sense. So stuff like that wasn't great, but I, I think that line, that pairing could end up being good. I wonder moving Sandy in left and right, is that the best option? I mean, like putting him on the right side?
1: Yeah, left side, right side. Like having him on that right side, I mean, that could shore up that issue that's been. Mm-hmm pressing but is he going to be good enough no, by the end they don't want,
2: yeah. I, they don't want him there i'm t- like no no uh, if this is the same decor in the playoffs i would bet money that it would hall. be hall mm-hmm. instead of sandin on yeah. that second, what do you yeah. how confident are you in that i'm not unconfident i think justin hall at this point has just settled in as like a very average nhl defenseman like a 4 or 5 like that's yeah. what he's not great he's not bad i think a lot of like Jason yeah. said a lot of his negatives are being a little overblown you look at do a little bit of a deeper dive into the numbers, he hasn't been that bad. It's just the problem is him and Muzzin have been prone to like massive errors and like big yes. net net negative plays. Yeah. Which are easy to remember. It's like Jake Gardner, like mm-hmm. Jake Gardner's numbers are always good, but you remember the 10 times a season he'd make boneheaded errors, right? Yeah.
1: Sheldon Keith did have an interesting quote about them. He was like, it's not always about like the first mistake. I find that mm-hmm. it's always ending up as a second mistake and then a third mistake, and then that's when you get into deep trouble in our own end. That's what he was talking about with Hall and Muzzin. Um, he was like, even, even it was the Seattle first goal, he said before that, Puck was sent back and hit the ref. He was like, there were several mistakes made in our mm-hmm. own end that prevented right. the puck from getting out. So he, he brought that to light, which I, I thought was
2: interesting. But like, I like Sandine. I think it. I think he eventually will be in the top four, obviously, on this team. But the absolute ineffectiveness he has in terms of defending the rush, will, I, I would not feel confident with him in the top four against mm-hmm. any of the other seven Eastern Conference playoffs teams. Ooh, yeah, that's true.
1: I mean I kind of agree and the numbers speak for themselves there. Yeah. With for it like there's nothing else to be said there but and, uh, transitioning Jesus. the puck up the ice, he's making pay- plays, he's passing great. is incredible. Power play quarterbacking is is awesome as well. That's why like
2: he's a perfect third pairing guy in the playoffs. Like he'll be fantastic. He'll be one of the better yeah. guys in the league in that role and I think that's a great spot for him now. And eventually, and we'll see what happens at the deadline in terms of to right D, that position. It's, yeah. It's very interesting.
1: Any other thoughts on tonight's game? Uh, they
2: played pretty well. The first line right now is the best line in the league. Um ha- far. I had a little stat surfing from Dom Lecision. I'll just paraphrase it. Essentially, since January 1st, so the last, whatever that is, 47 days. The best two players in the league, according to his game score, is Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. And they're both almost the exact same number. Mm-hmm. And, um yeah, like there's not much else to say. Like do I don't. You know peop- how hard do you think Bunting's
1: agent is kicking himself that he gave he the signed two, for that I, It never
2: mean. made sense. It was a weird deal, but we were happy about it. Oh, like yeah. you, that one move by Kyle Dubis is like worth I don't know if it's worth Nick Felino trade, but it's like it's worth the Richie signing for sure. Oh, yeah, for yeah. You know? Like it's not even close. Not even close, yeah.
1: Yeah, that and the Kasha, And conf. Yeah. And Conf. Is making it's up crazy. for Richie by a seven,
0: lot. Seven goals, by the way, this year. Insane. Yeah, I, th- I think he has. <laughs> Jason before, when comp f- scored. Jason goes. Is he going to get fifteen goals this year? <laughs> he has. He has sixteen. <laughs> fifteen. It's, yeah, it's uh, what is it? Game forty-five. And he has seven. Yeah, and he has seven. Maybe 10, he might get ten. Little Little shooting percentage bump and uh, goes on a little hot streak where he scores three games in a row. Oh, I want to
1: find. So I want to find a, a quote mm-hmm. that was. Uh, I saw on Twitter. Oh, there we are. I found it. So for Kevin McGran said, um, this is the full quote, this full tweet. It's hockey. It's nice to get out and play from Nick Ritchie. He didn't say much else. Clearly unhappy. And yeah, after he, he scored that goal, he looked no, very, his unhappy.
2: body language is not great mm-hmm. for a guy who's like looking to get back in the league. Like it's a bit disappointing, I would say. And a lot of the tweets in response to that kind of, they kind of were ripping on Richie, but a lot of the stuff that was being said was pretty true. Like there's nobody to blame for Nick Ritchie's demotion other than Nick Ritchie, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And I get, he's probably upset. I, I do feel bad from a bit. Like, but he got 10 games run with Matthews and Marner. Like that's, and he not, did that's nothing. Look what Bunting's doing with that. Bunting's yeah. going to make $5 million in two years. <laughs> he is. Don't laugh. He a hundred percent is. Yeah. Well, even five Kosh, five Kosh five played without Marner. He played with Bunting and mm-hmm. he looked fantastic. In and just role. the two games that he did that. Like, yeah, better than Richie ever looked with yeah. Matthews. Yeah. So
1: Kasha looked better offensively than Richie's ever looked when he was with when he's been buried with defensively David with David yeah. Camp. That's a great like, point. Yeah, I don't know. Like Nick Richie just needs to figure it out. He could never figure out. I don't know. Like are the guys on the team bullying you and not passing you the puck? Like th- it's crazy hearing that. I mean, you understand it. Like you come back home, sign in Toronto, decent deal with two point two five or two point five for. For two years, and then, like, you're supposed to play with Matthews and Marner, and now you're with the Marlies. Like, just a, a fall from the top, I want to say, for that. It's unfortunate, but it's like, okay, now you got to you gotta work. What are you going to do? Do you think that? he gets traded? Uh, they're working really hard, they said, on Saturday to get him traded, but it's like... Who wants him, and are how much are the Leafs willing to give up to I, get I don't him think out?
2: They should give any.
0: I, I agree. I don't think they should give anything at all. If they if they have to give, I just wouldn't even deal him because I think I, agree. I think I think a deal will come around in the off season that will like a team will be willing to give for him, you know, and not not. I, I think if we're having to give to get Nick, Nick get rid of Nick Ritchie, sorry, uh, I think that's a mistake, honestly. But yeah, it de- again, it depends. But also, like if the Leafs do make a, a like a not a splash, but if they make a move at the deadline, chances are if. Moving Nick Ritchie is what, what make, makes that trade work. capitalized. the other team will just take him, I think, because again, like he's not that bad of a player. You're and saying if the Leafs are already giving proper exa- compensation? Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So like, if what whatever the she trade would be, but, yeah, like like Pitt- like Lick, his contract's not that bad. Mm-hmm. It's only two and a half million. Make dollars. one trade, get one free Nick Ritchie, yeah.
2: <laughs> and then maybe that team rehabs him and flips him at the deadline. Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the and
1: hope. Because he's got that extra year left, right? Yeah.
0: Because that's pretty much what Calgary did with Pitlick. Pitlick wasn't like a a piece in the trade. He was just, well, okay, we need to somehow match salaries, so, yeah. like, right? Yeah.
2: So, um, yeah,
0: we'll get into that trade later.
2: I think yeah. it was fantastic. But also, hey, if the Leafs run into another playoff team like Calgary, maybe we could use yeah. Nick Ritchie. <laughs> Has he fought? Did he fight at all this year? No, that was the other games? thing about like, Nick Ritchie. I saw people complain about is like he was not nearly as intimidating as a six physical. three two. 30, 40, 50, whatever he was, player. No.
1: He seemed soft at times, Yeah, especially in the beginning of the year. He looked very timid. It was in the preseason. He was an all-star. He scored a goal a game. He got into a fight. Like, I think he fought Ben Sherratt. Yeah. We'll get into later, right? And it was like, oh, wow. I'm ready for Nick Ritchie, and then womp, womp, womp. Yeah.
2: It it sucks because, like, man, if Ritchie was good, imagine Kyle Dubas' offseason. Like, the, it would be four for... <laughs> If you four look at four. it, he essentially hit like a whole... bunting is an absolute grand slam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kasha is like a like a I call it a home triple, run. Triple yeah, no, no. or a triple. Kasha Whatever. and comp for like extra matter. base hits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Nick is like 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. Golden sombrero. <laughs> like as bad as it could be. But you can't get them all. That's that's it is what it is at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um what have
1: I got here? In terms of the Vancouver game. Just wanted to go back to that real quick. Mm-hmm. Did that give you Montreal series vibes at all? Are you doing the Steve Dangle
2: thing now? I don't know. I just <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know. Jason? Like, I I don't know.
1: Like, I know it's one game. I realize this. It's one game. The Leafs massively outshot Vancouver. They separated themselves from Vancouver in the second period and played far better than they did. They missed opportunities. TJ Brody hit the inside of the post. William Nylander was unable to get a shot off on the breakaway. Questionable hook or not, whatever. Mm -hmm. John Tavares was called on a kind of a phantom penalty with two two minutes and change left in the game, in which the Leafs had their net pulled and at 5-on-5, were dominating the Canucks, at late in the game. There, uh, they had their chances. Like Matthews, the Matthews line looked fantastic. Although, the, like the real estate in front of the net for Vancouver was tough to come by, but they were still getting chances in front. Um, there was one whiffed play. Yeah, Marner whiffed on a pretty good chance there uh, in the third period as well, mm-hmm. mid third. Like they got their chances. The pucks didn't bounce their way, but. Like, I don't know, like, all of it just gave me flashbacks to the Montreal series for some stupid reason.
0: I mean, I get, I get it, because... Yeah. Because that's what happened yeah, in like the Montreal we, you, series. We, like, it's because it's not even like we felt ah. like we dominated. We did dominate. Like, we did... There were games where we were dominating, and we ended up losing, right? Like, and we did. We dominated the Vancouver Canucks that game. Like, we were absolutely out-chancing them. That's your Demko yeah. is a fantastic And he's a good goal. goal. Yeah, and we got goalied, and that's fine. But I I see what you're saying in the sense that, like, it's...
1: The vibes, were yeah, yeah, similar. But it was frustrating. The most
0: important part is that the next two games afterwards, the well, response 100%. to it, hundred percent. And uh, it was, yeah,
2: it beat the know. wheels off the, yeah, the the next two the opponents. Thing, the thing is, I think, you, like when you look at regular season versus like playoffs, I just try to get a gauge of how good a team is. How many games have the Leafs been like just absolutely out of where they just played terrible? I can uh, probably Pittsburgh, count on one hand. Seven maybe. two
1: game. Uh, the Pittsburgh game. And, that one uh, Chicago, Chicago game Chicago that the end up The game halfway through. Uh, the chi- what are you saying? The, the Chicago game, they
2: won in overtime. Yeah. But not. But they won that
1: game. Like, yeah, I guess. But
2: I don't think they got smoked in that game. You think they got smoked? In, I just, first, I just,
1: in the first period and a half. Or they won yeah. the expected
2: goals battle in that
1: game. I'm looking right now. In the first period and a half, though.
2: Yeah, but I'm just saying. like yeah, yeah. Terrible. yeah I understand. The, here are the games I'm looking at where they got actually dominated by expected goals. Okay? So, the, like you said, that Pittsburgh game and the Carolina game after, where that was like sky is falling. Yeah. Things are getting bad. And then other than that, that sleepy LA Monday night game. I remember we talked about that yes, a lot. Yes. Oh, um, the trap game. Th- there was another Pittsburgh game. They lost two nothing where they were just never in the game. And oh, then. Yeah,
1: that was, it was just a boring game. And then yeah. that's it.
2: In terms of games. Other than that, yeah. some games they lost. It's like, we're talking like 45% expected goals. The so
1: Tampa game. They got some, they the Tampa looked, the Tampa yeah. finished very well in that game. I remember that when was
2: they, the other one It would be Tampa. So Tampa. like you said, like, Sure, maybe it feels like the Leafs got goalied against Vancouver, but overall, the total picture of the season shows, yeah, things are going to happen like that. It just Mm -hmm. evens out. I think that Montreal series was a little different because those games that they lost, it was not like the Leafs like against Vancouver. The Leafs absolutely smoked them, right? They they beat they they should have won that game. Yeah, they beat the wheels off them. Right. What I remember about the Montreal series is the three games that the Leafs smoked them. They won. The four games that were close-ish expected goals shots, they lost all four of those games. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah, that's the difference. Okay. You know what I mean?
1: That makes sense. I'm probably thinking more so. Of I understand like,
2: what you're saying, though, because it feels like we have to puck more. We're generating. Playing against bigger defensemen. Exactly. Playing against a good goalie. But there was no game against Montreal where we had four expected goals to their one and, and lost. That never happened. Yeah. Like, okay, it was yeah. very 50-50. Yeah.
1: That's reassuring. I yeah. didn't even realize that. Mainly because I'm, I maybe think I'm, my but, brain is probably skipping the parts where they went down three nothing, and then they went down two nothing, and then yeah. they had to to grind to get back exactly. Yeah. So that's probably, and then I'm just, and then the overtimes are oh probably gosh, accentuated yeah. in there as
0: well. That that one ten minute stretch that was just literal domination exactly. Then, yeah, whatever,
1: okay, so that's probably that, what uh, what did that? I'm back. I'm back on the train.
2: But But those are the frustrating losses when you're like, they should have for sure won that. Like that loss to Arizona, remember? Oh, God. (laughs) Karel Vemelka. Smoking, though. But what goes around
1: comes around. The Leafs ran into a hot goalie on Saturday. And what happened for them tonight? Tonight? Jack Campbell was a rock star tonight. Absolutely. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: Oh, my God. There was like one player on the Leafs tonight that was over 50% expected goals. Uh I don't have the game up. But Jack Campbell was awesome. Yeah. Little less of and what did we mention? Where does Jack Campbell really excel? When he, it's one-on-one him versus the shooter. He's cuts off the angle fantastically. There was no re, there was only the one rebound which was like a double rebound on the goal there. It wasn't his fault at all. But he was fantastic tonight and he was a, a big reason the Leafs were able to hold that lead.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. I think hopefully he gets back into the swing of things. Elliot Friedman made a great point at first intermission. I don't know if you guys heard it, where he said that COVID break really hurt Jack Campbell because he was in such a good rhythm before that. That And as we've seen, he's come back not really the same. For a multitude of reasons, we've talked about the types of chances that the Leafs are giving up now compared to then. Um, But uh, this is a really good... Bounce. I don't want to call it a bounce back game, but it was even a re- Seattle. He mm-hmm. made some saves against Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. I thought you were talking about that one, talking about getting goalied because Seattle's goalies are unbelievably no. bad.
1: No, yeah, it wasn't. Talk- no, not at all. Not even close. Yeah, but <laughs>
2: like that Seattle game though. Like the Leafs didn't. The Leafs didn't play as well as they did against Vancouver numbers wise, no, but they smoked no. them. Yeah, yeah. It's a difference in goaltending. Goaltending makes a big difference in this league, right?
1: Yeah. Against Seattle, I found. I mean.
2: Special um, teams. Just have, yeah, yeah, special teams. I'm seeing a couple power That penalty play goals. kill goal by Mitch Martin was just. Oh, oh my God. Or sorry, it was David Kamp's goal. David Kemp. Noted goal scorer.
1: David Kamp. Another shorty for David Kamp. That's two games in a row two with a, a row shorty. Row I didn't unreal. even realize that. Yeah. That was no, unreal. T- t- that's was cool. tonight's a shorty?
2: Yeah, it yeah, was. was. Yeah, it was. From
1: Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley off the rush on a PK.
2: We got to say, also, I'm going to take an L on Morgan Riley so far this year because he's played way better than I've described him as a player. So. Jason. Yeah. No, that's fair.
0: I, I agree. But again, like, I, you can be critical of Morgan Riley's yeah. future contract like that has not yet kicked in and still say that yeah. he's having a good year this well, year. I think he's also having even a better year than we expected. Uh, way I agree. better. Yes. Way
1: yeah. better than we expected. Even Alex Kerfoot. And I feel like mm-hmm. with Alex Kerfoot, like, this is one thing I wanted to put out there really heavily. I was thinking about today. When you look at a lot of players that m- make strong strides in their game or big developments, Something kind of happens in their career where it's like a, a switch is turned on and it's, I don't know, something happens and the summer training makes a, a change and they just really go all in and as a, the trajectory goes up. I hope that cl- those cliche yeah, bullshit Light bulb. Sense. Light bulb moment. Yeah, exactly. Like when you look at Tyler Sagan, if he stayed in Boston, do you think he would have been as good as he is now? No. I personally do not. It was a shot in the balls for him. Some smooth balls. Promo- a. <laughs> Shut up! Krat- <laughs> I, it was a shot in the balls for him. Like it was his first disappointment. It was his first trade in his career, and as a result, he really started hitting the gym. He started playing a lot better. He was, he came out with vengeance. I think that this summer with the expansion draft, if there was no expansion draft, you do not see an Alex Kerfoot like we have right now. That's a Good point. I think that expansion draft was a kick, a swift kick in the dick for him, having to see that video come out of alexander kerfoot and everyone projecting i want alex kerfoot out of town i want alex kerfoot's cap off our books he looks a lot better this year and i think that expansion draft was really and i mean even morgan riley like he his game looks a lot different i don't know if it's because he's working on different things or whatever
2: his game looks different it looks a lot better a big thing for him i send it to you guys we'll do another stat surfing now is he's getting his shot through so a- we're talking about attempted shots versus shots that actually are on goal, right? 58% of his shots are, are on net this year. 58% of his shot attempts are through. He's never been above 50% in any season of yeah. his career before. That's a great example of a couple extra assists for him. He's scoring at a better rate this year already. You saw his goal tonight. And that's helped on the power play as well because he's actually becoming a decent player shot threat, because instead of his shots going into guys' shin pads all the time, a lot more of them are getting through. Oh. That's an example of a very clear change in his game that he's made for whatever he's been working on. There's a video today of him doing it, actually, Haley with Haley Wickenizer. So, like, like you said, you got to give him credit for these things. It's a very, very impressive oh, yeah. improvement. He's really leaning on that stick. That goal tonight, he leaned I mean, on we, that one. We talked about that one year, he scored 20 goals, and we said, Oh, how did... How did Morgan How Riley ever the hell score, did 20 Morgan Riley score
1: 20 goals? Morgan Riley scored 20 goals. Looks like goals. he might
2: get 10 this year. You know. We'll I
1: think, it. is he at 20 now since, like, combined the season since his 20 goal season? Is he at 20 combined yet?
2: He's at 14.
1: Oh. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. He the rest of 20. his career,
2: he's at 44 versus the 20 that year. <laughs> Shooting percentage. <laughs> That
1: was that. was yeah. insane. But he scored some be- – like, it's it's not – he's not scoring like, oh, screen the goalie didn't see it at all. He has scored some beauties this mm-hmm. year. Think about the one with against Buffalo. Think about the oh, one yeah. against the Rangers. Think about the one tonight. Like, oh, my God. They're just – he's ripping them bar down.
2: Also, uh, we're flip-flopping subjects here, but oh, yeah. power play goal, right Talks about comp, shorthanded goal. I've, special teams. We got to give some flowers to the special teams. Spencer Carberry, Spencer and, Carberry and thank you. Exactly. These guys have and come And David in. Kampf,
1: obviously. That's the no, no, that's but a big adjustment. I think, I
2: think those assistant coaches deserve a lot of credit. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Because last year. It was not good. It was not good. And it's felt like a little bit of stubbornness maybe, not changing the power play, not changing some things. Mm-hmm. And, man, they're they're on fire this year. So it's, I'm really happy.
1: It's like an auto goal almost. <laughs> it is.
2: On the PK too. Yeah. No, their PK is at a level right now where they, first of all, Opposing power plays are struggling to even gain the zone mm-hmm. on them, and when they do, they're fumbling the puck. They're t- c- causing turnovers, and it's all four of the guys on five guys. It's, it's every guy that's on. Spets is doing good things. Like yeah.
1: Mitch Martyr looks like an offensive wizard. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> four on five. It's crazy. Even Mc- Ilya McKayev is like, oh, he's yeah. all over it. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's one we've been winning the special teams game, like, dominating, dominating dom- the special dominating. teams game almost every night. Like I don't know how Vancouver got that they got one lucky goal it was like it was a tip hit saved by Mrazic rebound off of Besser's head and in after that they didn't gain this the the line yeah. for more than 10 seconds
2: no it's been fantastic so yeah
1: they, it's been exciting I hope we take more penalties Are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> the don- dominating that um what were we even talking about before?
2: Um, we're, we're, just, grooving. we're grooving. We're uh, grooving. Let's do. You want to do some of these questions, or you want? To do yeah, some let's hop the into the
1: questions. League? So we asked on on Instagram, on the story there, uh, what people wanted to hear, what, some topics, some questions that people had, and boy, did everyone ever deliver! I think there some of this some, will
2: segue into some around the league, some trade stuff too. I assume.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. So. Let me pull it up because it obviously went away because I'm an idiot. All right, let's get into the first one. Robbie Mora, do you think goaltending will hurt the Leafs in the postseason? This came this this question was before tonight.
2: Yeah, and I think it's probably a topical question because Jack Campbell was struggling. Mrazic's been better, but not great. Yeah. To a point where I actually saw some people on Twitter saying, you know, if this continues, let's roll Mrazic and we'll see what happens mm-hmm. in the playoffs which was a bit of an overreaction to me, but I don't think it's an unfair question at all. We'll see. I liked how Campbell played in the playoffs last year. I've seen some people look back on it with with a different opinion. I get it because that five-hole goal he gave up in Game 7 was Was pretty weak, but I think overall he played pretty well. So I'm not concerned with the Leafs' goaltending.
0: I agree with that. I'm not as concerned either, and I think both are capable... Goal, like starting goalies in the NHL, and just look at what Pittsburgh did, and and even Vegas a bit. I know they didn't win a cup, but they were able to. They they also had better maybe better goalies, but yeah. i have, going in with two capable starters is never, yeah, never a bad thing. I think, uh, and it could be much worse. And I think uh,
1: watching how yeah. uh, Jack Campbell has played against some strong competition this year, I, I'm I'm pretty confident mm-hmm. in Jack Campbell.
2: Yeah. Also, also, the other factor is like for example Tristan Jari he's had a fantastic year he was terrible in the playoffs last year he was so bad he was unbelievably bad right like year to year like Bobrovsky like he was so bad last year he's been really good this year you're probably no he was very good in game one yeah and
1: then after that he he couldn't stop
2: a beach ball I think there's always variance with goalies. so unless you have Vasilevsky are you like (laughs) a thousand percent confident in your playoff goaltending probably not unless you had Vasilevsky or Lundqvist or or like Tuka Rask like it's hard it takes a lot to see guys have sustained success as a goalie in the playoffs and usually those guys end up in the hall of fame like even a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury he's had an up and down playoff career we know that so oh yeah as of now I'm not concerned yeah yeah I would agree fair fair but not concerned I I think I think definitely if Campbell like Let's say this game's an anomaly and he Mm -hmm. continues to struggle and Mrazic starts to play well and then a conversation happens. Then maybe you're like, oh, no, if you have two goalies, do you have none kind of thing? But I think they're good right now. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Uh, This was a funny one.
1: Uh, It was Adam. uh, He's a Vancouver Canucks fan. He said, you'll never get JT, you son of a bitch, because I got Jason to post that hypothetical trade. Obviously, a lot of Leafs fans said the Leafs would say no with it, which means I think it could happen. That's why I, <laughs> I, was, I was like, hmm, that's a lot. Maybe take out Connor Garland from yeah. that. Like, a couple prospects here and there. But, like, I liked it. I
2: mean, I thought it was interesting. What, what was the trade again? Sorry. I don't even have so
0: it. it so, it was a big galaxy brain trade. I was just, whatever, thinking about it one night. It was JT Miller, Luke Shannon, and Connor Garland. Because, again, it was just that thing that Freeman said on 30, 32 Thoughts – or maybe it was an intermission a couple of weeks ago that uh, Garland was actually, like teams were looking at Garland and Vancouver yeah. said they'd be willing to trade him. But uh, those three guys essentially, because again, Luke Shen would fit well on the team and Hey, yeah. JT Miller is good. And maybe they might want to move him some too. stuff
1: around you could Garland around the net. He's a little squirrely guy. JT Miller's just an overall. No, no
0: offensive I, I agree. I get why the Leafs would yeah. want these guys. Yeah. No but, doubt about it. And then on the way back, you, I think it was uh Kerfoot, uh Dermott, uh, Nick Ritchie, those guys are all for cap purposes because yeah. you can't get a deal done like that yeah, unless you give those guys. Yeah, and then two firsts, uh, Niemla and Rodian
2: Amarov. Yeah, I think value-wise so, that trade's probably pretty right on. I know Leafs fans are going to say you're giving too much, but I think JT Miller alone is returning mm-hmm. a first and a high-level prospect. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, 100%. So, and Connor Garland That's was fair, essentially yeah. traded for a first. I don't want to say that. It was a weird trade this summer, yeah. but yeah. he's he could probably fetch a first-round yes. pick too. Yeah. So... And then Luke Shen, a mid, mid-round pick. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I, I, maybe the Leafs give a little too much with two prospects, but I don't think so. At the deadline, yeah. you're always
1: giving too much. Yeah.
2: yeah, and I was saying this to Jason. like This goes perfectly into what you were saying about the second line. It's, if you had a guy like J.T. Miller, yeah, he's not good defensively either, but now you have a literally There's stud now offensive line. <laughs>
1: now you're scoring a lot. Exactly, so offense.
2: that's kind of my vision
0: for that line as well. But. Yeah. That was kind of the idea behind it: is get a good like second line punch, yeah. and then Garland comes in, fills out the depth exactly. on that third line pretty yeah. well. And we've, then,
1: we've seen more than yeah. a few examples of JT Miller just completely whiffing on defense, but then going the other <laughs> way and putting up some highlight real goals.
2: He also plays a bit of center, takes mm-hmm. a lot of face off, so maybe that I don't know. Who knows? You find a fit there. But and there we yeah. go. There we go. But so I, I think I want JT. I think he's probably right. I don't I, think the Leafs. I want JT, JT
1: Miller. Uh, this is from Ethan Spence. He said Richie's five year plan.
2: Mm. Uh, he should probably request a trade, to be honest. Yes.
1: Well, obviously, I mean, uh, I would fix his body language a little bit, yeah. and, especially uh, at the Marlies. Like, try to get a new, uh, new environment. Look how the, uh, Josh
2: Hosang is trying to return ooh, to the NHL. Not yeah. saying that you're out of the NHL, but
1: he is, and he's grinding. So yeah. he's grinding. There's a lot of examples we've seen of that. Uh, this was a great one. Maxwell Hunt nine said, "Does Ben Chirac make the team better? He's a menace when it comes to getting pims.
2: Is that a good thing to getting pe- pims? Well, our pa- so. penalty kill's so good, and we we're yeah. so many chances on it. So maybe Bring ben Chirot, take know. a bunch of penalties. <laughs> should we should we have this Ben Chirac combo right now? I th- I sure, think it's might top as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, I'm in. Go what do ahead. you think of Ben Chirac?
2: Well, okay, it's a complicated question because." do I think Ben Sherratt is a serviceable top four NHL defenseman? I actually do. I think in a second pairing defensive minded role, I think he's good. Is he that much better than Justin Hall at some things? Yes. At some things. No. So if you're having to pay a first round pick and a prospect to upgrade from Justin Hall to Ben Sherratt, in my opinion, that is not marginally that, sorry, that is not exponentially making your team better. It's, might not, it might be even making your team worse in some scenarios? Yeah. The thing with Ben Chard is when you do a deep dive into his numbers, because of whatever is going on in Montreal this year, he's playing more of a like they're relying on him more for like exits and being more offensive. He's playing the power play, which is like clearly <laughs> not his intended role, and I think that's kind of making his defensive game suffer. But also, I look at like his entry denials this year are really bad, so that's kind of doesn't make me the happiest. Even last year in the playoffs, I was looking not great. Like, average, I would say. But the thing about Ben Sherratt that I would try to play devil's advocate and be positive here is that, Jason, you pointed out, the Leafs have been leaking oil in front of the net, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, He's a good in front of the net presence in the NHL.
1: Yeah. It's just, like, the simple thing. Like, that's why people are looking at uh, Scott Mayfield, who I I watched some tape on, Luke Shen, who I've watched some tape on. I haven't gotten to Ben Sherratt yet, but... In front of the net, in the playoffs, I mean, if they don't, I don't think they're going to make any rule changes. But if you remember last year, there was cross-checking was such want, an yeah. issue that they just refused to call it mm-hmm. up until, like, Jasperi Kock and Yemi literally broke his stick over Morgan Riley. That was the first time they made that call. But, I mean, when you get those big boys in front of the net, there's not going to be any rebounds. Jack Campbell versus the shooter, and we all know who wins 94% of that. Those battles... Right. Yeah. So, like, does Ben Sheratt? I mean, if it's a yes or no, does Ben Sheratt make your team better? What would you say? Uh, that's. I think
2: yes. I think yes. he would make. He doesn't. He doesn't go to yeah. a team and make a team worse. I mm. get his numbers are terrible in Montreal, and everyone yeah. will show those graphs. So were Tyler Tofoli's. Yeah.
1: So was Seth Jones last year. His J Fresh graphs were like worst in the league. And but now it's seventy fifth percent more for just this year. When you look at it. And why is that? When you're playing on a crap team, and I mean, I mean, I don't think the coaching was the best last year for him. As I mentioned earlier in the year, all the tools, no toolbox, and he's finally figured it out.
2: Well, I, he's still not worth the thing about Seth No, Jones, he's also not worth and, and and that. And that might million be dollars. the same conversation for Ben though, as he comes in and he plays...
1: Different environment, actually competent players. But is
2: he worth a first-round pick? No. I don't think he is.
1: I don't think he is at all.
2: But. And I think that's the main point, yeah. So, That's yeah. the point, right? Yeah. It's, it. I think he'll he'd come in and make the least better, even mm-hmm. if he was on the third pair. I think yeah. he brings a good amount of jam for a first. No, I wouldn't. Be. I wouldn't do it for a first. Either. So you'd I think play you play a third pairing? Perfectly. No, I would play him second pairing if they got him. But I, I, I think
1: if you get someone like Ben Sherratt, you get someone like Luke Shen or Scott Mayfield. I don't even think Scott Mayfield's on the market. I think people are just making this up. But I think if you get one of, one of those three guys that I just mentioned, you have to split up Riley and Brody. Oh, yeah, but, I don't know about that. So, you're going to play ben, Jake Muzzin with Luke Shen?
2: No, I just play Justin Hall with Jake Muzzin.
1: And then you put them on the third pair.
2: Luke Shen and.
1: So, where would you Smith. fit one of those three guys?
2: Luke Sh- With Rath Sandin.
1: Yeah. Oh, so you'd play them third line
0: then? You yeah. Play, yeah,
2: okay. But again, I wouldn't trade ben Sh- first for Ben Shira to play him on the third pair, mm-hmm. yeah. which is the point. I think Ben Shira would probably end up on the second pair. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't split up Riley, B- Riley Brody. I think they've been fantastic, right? But I think to get the
1: best results, if you're getting one of those defensive net front defense kind of guys. You're
2: saying do Riley and him and Brody. I like that idea, actually. I hate to go back to what I know I said five seconds ago, but that's a good that's idea. That's
1: what I, I kept like for a long time. I was like, where would you even fit these guys? But I was jamming a circle peg in the square hole and just jamming and jamming. And then I went, hey. Hold on a second.
2: But you can't you can't play Luke sucks. You can't because play they've Sh- been
1: so good together. You can't
2: play Luke Shen with Morgan Riley, though, I'm sorry. No? No. You you can't. No. Okay. It's, it's too, but maybe Ben Sherrat and Morgan Riley make sense. Maybe. Maybe Josh Manson and Morgan Riley make sense.
1: Do you think offensively Sherratt's better than Shen? Yes, yes, yes. I do. I? Okay. I do. Okay, that makes sense. I haven't again I haven't gone through Ben Sherrat yet, but uh, Luke Shen and Scott Mayfield, skill wise, uh, oof.
2: <laughs> no, those guys are third pairing guys, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, Scott Mayfield's numbers are nice because he's been playing with Adam Pellick, and Adam Pellick's one of the ten best defensemen in the NHL. So,
1: what I find interesting about Scott Mayfield's game, like he skill wise, he's terrible. His skating is very sloppy. This guy is so he's six six and he's so wildly overly aggressive in his own end. No wonder he takes so many penalties because he literally assaults guys in front of the net. Yeah, like he will. And he focuses on one guy and just beats the hell out of But them.
2: maybe least fans want that. Some yeah, them want Maybe.
1: That. Yeah, he just beats the hell out of him. He's but, not very good at entry denials. Like, I don't know. In the game I saw, he's got a couple shots on net. Connor McDavid did get the better of him that game that I was watching. But there's a, I showed you guys a clip. There's a clip of him jamming, cross checking Zach Cassian's head into the crossbar. And he didn't even get a penalty. Every other shift with Scott Mayfield, I feel like a penalty should have been called and it wasn't.
2: Well that's what Ben Sharat's a bit like too. Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm gonna throw this back, right? What are you comfortable giving for Ben Sherat? I don't even
0: know. Oof. The thing the the thing that makes I think this deadline really tricky, like all deadlines are tricky, but like for in the Leaf shoes right now, like they only have three picks next year, right? So I think you'd have yeah. to give a like I would prefer to give a for a guy like Ben Shry, I'd prefer to give a prospect maybe or it'd have to be one of next year's picks. Not but kept- why would you
2: prefer a prospect over the pick? I'm just asking. We, ha- we don't have any. Yeah, but the prospect's closer to yeah. affecting the team that's currently in a window of performing. I'm just I have this I, I have I the know. Los Angeles Rams in my brain where that's they a just traded yeah. all their picks. You're right. And the, and their rookies, they made them play. Said f the picks, and they traded for studs. And Tampa Bay yeah. kind of did that too. Tampa yeah, you're Bay right. You're right, you're right. You're um, right. Tampa Bay had a bit of a the deeper prospect pool. Trade. Though. Yeah. yeah.
1: Maybe the answer isn't through a trade. It's through an Olympian, Nick Abruzzese. <laughs> Drop the books,
2: you nerd. <laughs> <laughs> play for the sh- but for the I mean, Leafs. some of those guys may be able to contribute next year. For example, while Abruzzese looked good, he yeah. did. He, he looked, looked really, really good. good. And good. while. For argument's sake, is your second-round pick next year going to be able to contribute? No. No, like So, would you give that second-round pick for Ben Chirac? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Sure. If that's I think the max. I'm, I think I would go. But uh, then we probably don't get him, right? No, yeah.
1: not at all. I, there's a, it's hefty, and there's some competition. I think St. Mm-hmm. Louis is interested. New York is interested. So.
2: And in that scenario, again, back to the original question, which is a great question. So you gave a second-round pick. Sherratt playing on the second pair and Hall playing on the third pair is is your team better I think slightly a little bit not that not that much
0: though I think okay I so I yeah I
1: think we have our answer yeah but again I have to I have a full game of Ben Sherratt I have to take a look at it and get a chance to look at it that and Josh Manson as well uh, I didn't get a chance to look at those two yet but so next week
2: I will have some more detail so here's my of those players I think Manson is better than Chirico. Yeah, hundred percent. I think I'm still holding out hope for the Seattle guy, Mark Giordano. Yeah, Mark Giordano.
1: Yeah, I know. I think we I, all should be. Um, yeah.
0: So
2: because I I think shockingly enough too, somehow he'll go for less at the deadline than Ben Chirico. I think so too. I, I not. I've seen people yeah. say he's not even going to get a first round pick. Yeah,
1: I mean, he's older, but, like, what the
2: hell? <laughs> I know. He's an, <laughs> an expiring, so is Ben Sherratt, right? He's good. <laughs> oh, he's very good. I, I, okay. Yeah. I I talked about this with you earlier. I think it's going to be, like, a
0: real buyer's market. I think there's going to be a lot of guys going for, like, not as much that you'd, that you'd normally expect for them to go. I think there's going to be a lot more teams willing to sell this year than yeah, some
2: trickling than That are in. willing to buy, yeah. Under but the radar, good mm-hmm. value. The only thing is that I wish there, like, there's not just, there just seems to be more forwards available than yeah. D. But so it,
1: rank so rank them. So we have Josh, Josh Manson, Luke Shen, Ben Sherat. I'm not going to include Scott Mayfield because he's actually never okay. been mentioned in it, trade talks. I just don't, someone wanted to. Okay,
2: know. in order, Josh Manson, Ben Sherat, Luke Shen. That's okay. And good then care. where would Dylan now fit in? But Luke Shen, you probably don't have to give more than a yeah. third round mm-hmm. pick for. Does him.
1: Luke Shen make your team better?
2: I think Luke Shen on your third pair still makes your team better with Justin okay. Hall on the second pair. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah.
1: yeah. Playing with Rasmus Sandin. That's kind of what they've been doing this year with Quinn Hughes. The results have been there for that. Exactly. Experiments. I so. mean, I just don't it's think,
2: and I, I hate to say it because I like Timothy Lilligren's future. I'm not that confident with him or Dermott.
1: On third pair? No. I don't really? think they'll be that
2: confident playing them and either of those players with Rasmus Sandin in a playoff series. Really?
1: I really liked this past week of Timothy, Logan, Rasmus, Sandin.
2: I, I don't think – I think you're right. I think they've been good. But I think, again, I'm just looking at – got to look through the Sheldon Keefe lens, right? Yeah. Does he Has he shown to trust Sandin with either of those two playing any sort of significant minutes? No, not at all. So then we're going to get a lot less Rasmus Sandin is my point.
1: Which I don't think they – will. I, they really like his offense and they
2: want to keep him exactly. out Exactly. And, again, I think that – in a perfect Shit. world, sheltered in good minutes. <laughs> I really like You it. want those guys playing 15 minutes instead of maybe 10 minutes.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. Damn it. I really like Timothy Logren. want to see him more.
2: So do I. I think anyone who thinks he's going to be in the lineup playoffs game one, I, I don't think that's realistic no. as of now.
1: There's so many little things with his game, too. that. Uh, but that's I've not really a bad thing for
2: him. I think he's he could eventually get there. He's yeah. only
0: 22, right? So.
1: Yeah, which is um, we've been talking about him for five years. I know that's why it seems like so long. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it seems like so long.
2: Okay,
0: so well, yeah, like I said, what do you guys Shen think Luke on that? Shen? No, you you, that? you you summed it up perfectly. I think.
1: Yeah, I see a fit, and I see I see a fit with Luke Shen. Uh, you see the results in. Uh, Vancouver, you didn't get to see them obviously Saturday because Quinn, Quinn Hughes was out, but the overall results are there to show that Luke Shen defensively has been strong. Mm-hmm. He's a big body; when he hits you, you, you feel it in front of the net. He clears out all the garbage. Um, he just needs a puck mover with him to help move the puck up the ice mm-hmm. because he cannot do it because he cannot pass the puck. Yeah, I find it's or, a good ar- or skate the puck.
0: It's a good archetype fit with with sandin i like yeah. i like the the and again you don't have to give it. that much for that player mm-hmm. yeah. Right? yeah yeah and and he's also 850k for this year and next year so it's like the it's only nice thing year. about that is then you're really probably not using timothy lilligan next year i would no i think you would just play timothy lilligan next year he could just be a 70 i don't think that's like that big of an issue he's only like again 850k yeah. is nothing right then so. you'd
1: have to move Dermot out or something he's Maybe. gone Maybe I'll be it. shocked. Or you could always just trade Luke Shen in the off season. I'd exactly. be shocked
2: if if Dermot was a Leaf next season. Next season, at the start of next season, yeah.
1: What percentage would you put on it?
2: Thirty, yeah,
1: like twenty, thirty percent. Of he twenty, Leaf. thirty percent that yeah. he's a Leaf next season. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And that's the year he makes the jump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, the other thing about Lilgren is they—he's an RFA this year, is he not? Yeah.
1: yeah. Lilgren so. and Sandin.
2: Who knows those will be interesting contracts. But yeah.
1: I think a bridge, few. Oh yeah. Yeah, not yeah. much. But but
2: I guess I'd rather give a if I'm giving a first, I'd rather get Manson than Sherrod if Manson is healthy. Yeah.
1: It and if Manson it. wants to come to Canada. Which
2: seems like he doesn't.
1: So it's a mute point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're gonna lift the restrictions and then we'll we'll convince them somehow. I want Giordano.
2: I think yeah. I this is my last kind of point here that I wanna make is the biggest thing last year is when we traded for Felino, there was a lot of arguments to say why, blah, blah, blah. But not everyone was convinced that Nick Felino is a good hockey player at that point. Yeah. And I'm not saying good as in, like, he's, a, he's an NHL. Like, I'm saying, like, like talent like, wise, talent makes your team better. Yeah. Contributing. Wise. I want a guy that's for sure a good player where nobody has to debate. Like, yeah. I don't even care what they give up if they get yeah. a guy where everyone in the fan base is like, man, we got a good player. You get Ben yeah. Chirot no matter what you give up. At the end of the day, I think the majority of the fan base is going to say, I don't know if this is a good player. Yeah. No. He might be good, but the same you same, understand yeah. what I'm Like, i want Like, how happy is Calgary to get Tyler Toffoli? Tyler Toffoli is a good player. So yeah, you're saying no talent-wise, yeah. I just want a good player.
1: Because we just listed off three defensemen where it's like, oh, in this situation, in this way, they do this well, they do this well, they don't do this well. Their overall numbers have been this, this, and this. Overall you just want a
2: hockey player that is good at playing exactly. hockey.
0: Where it's not even a debate. Not it's a like debate. this guy exactly, is good. Yeah.
2: It's like Calgary traded for it to full. People are saying they gave too much. Everyone in Calgary is like, "Wow, he just got a top six winger all day every day, 3 years left on his Who deal." He shot
1: the lights out last year. Yeah. Gave too much. I I didn't understand they gave know. too much. They a don't. low first round pick, a guy and a second round a former second round pick and a, an expiring contract.
2: A former second round pick who's been traded like twice, twice though, now as mm-hmm. well. Yeah.
1: I, I, I don't see it.
2: For a guy
0: with term, too. It's, I mean, this is not a rental. Like, term
1: okay. at a good number. Yeah. Three years at a good number. That's why Dave, our resident sense fan, was like, that's a lot. Like, last year, Toffoli only went for a second or whatever from L.A. to Vancouver, which is a great deal. I don't know why Vancouver let him walk, but that's the big thing. He has three years at, what, four and a half, four two five? 425? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a sick joke to for a guy that has scored 25, 30 goals before.
2: Playoff performer as Playoff
1: well. Playoff performer as well. Like, that's a great deal for Calgary.
0: They also kind of they got a good player. I was listening to Overdrive the other day, a l- little tangent on this one, but they were they were talking about Dreger was talking about how, um, er, initially Calgary wanted Josh Anderson, which was interesting, and they 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 had to settle for Tyler Tafoli. which is, makes me think like, wow, you end up getting the better player, I think, but
2: um, far yeah. better player. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> I wonder
0: what they were asking for for, for Josh less Anderson, money. Too. Yeah,
2: it's just. Oh, if I was Montreal, I would if someone wanted to give me a first for Josh Anderson, like take, take him. Yeah. Like that's a in a rebuild, that's just such a no brainer. They mm-hmm. probably won't end up doing it, but Yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry, that was a little side take. The tangent. other guy in Montreal that the Leafs haven't been connected to, but they're saying Jeff Petrie is available. He's had a terrible year. Potentially. Yet, but, but he's a good hockey player. He's been fantastic the last, yeah. I don't know, five, ten years. So if I'd you could him. make that money work, I mean I'd rather have Jeff Petrie than Ben Shrott. I'd rather have bit jeff petrie than a lot of our defensemen exactly so i'd rather have him than
1: muzzin right now
2: he's <laughs> making six two five for the next three years i believe yeah how old is he though he's 34 yeah so little it would have to be bad. almost a full retain for mm-hmm. montreal for yeah. us to make that work the,
0: the yeah. problem yeah. with nice. that is that he's in the first the year of a four-year deal right so it's t- yeah. t- teams rarely other than us retain on that long of, a, of exactly. a deal. I'm just saying. It's another yeah. guy that's available. I, yeah.
1: Other than us. Other than us. <laughs> other than the damn Leafs. But what can you do? Anyways. What
2: uh, what other... You, you were talking about some trade targets, Jason, earlier today. Which other
0: ones was I? Was
2: Pavelski. Giroud. Pavelski, Giroud. Yeah, no, but that's... Pie in the sky. Yeah.
0: That's open for... 100%. I love that.
1: Yeah. Tomas Hurdle.
0: Yeah. I don't Any know. Because like, uh, again with the looking at the Justin Hall stuff, maybe right. the best thing to do on defense is just to not to do do anything yeah, with our okay. defense, right? And then just I honestly it, say who
1: cares about your defense if you're able to get someone mm-hmm. like Joe Pavelsi, Thomas Hurdle, Claude Giroux Elite like impact that players. high level mm-hmm. player. Like I'm not saying go and get Josh Henderson, like that yeah. no, no, no. Like I, I understand that the defense is of concern. However, if you're getting that high level of a forward and you're making your forward group that much better a hundred
0: percent do yeah. it all day. Yeah. Yeah. It's an overall team improvement as a result. Yeah. Right? So so I th- that's one thing I hope that the Leafs do is that they not focus too much on like, okay, we need this like second right hand D guy to to come in and play for us. Like let's just try and get someone and like you said, a good player.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean but, it's interesting that we, we mentioned so much about oh these these guys are good in front of the net and everything, mm-hmm. but I feel like Sheldon Keefe sees an issue. In terms of moving the puck out of our own end yeah. at times, so maybe he's looking at Johnny Kling. Right?
2: I would love that still. I think yeah. I think you make that work with. I think Muzzin. he has game left in him. For yeah, sure. I
1: agree. A lot of game that could really really help the Leafs. Right, you can't get sucked in too much with these on ice with the on ice impacts. It's good to reference, but you also have to reference what you're seeing when you watch them play. Right? Absolutely.
2: 100% Klingberg hit. was elite in the last playoffs we saw. Mm-hmm. They made the Cup final. He was elite, elite, elite. Yeah, and Little he moves changing. the puck. And again, what's the issue you're trying to solve? Is it in front or is it moving the puck? Like you said, it could be a bit of both. So mm-hmm. get a good player where you're sure that at least one of those things will be helped out. You know?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, anything else you guys had on the docket? We just those are all the questions. Those are some. Oh, Edmonton great questions. fired their Thank
2: coach you. and now they're on fire.
0: Yeah.
1: Good. For I hate that team. Evander Kane available at the deadline. Don't want him, but that'd be kind of funny.
2: <laughs> yes, it would. Be
1: hilarious. Maybe think, the Max Domi
2: pipe dream will come to fruition. Yeah. But uh, as of now, would you like, you'd have to trade Kerfoot out. I don't think that's yeah. a, that's a upgrade Kerfoot's right now. It's playing better than Doby. Exactly.
0: It would have right, to be so a double
2: routine, but then I don't want to have to
0: pay out the, the wazoo for a double retain. Like
2: I would just, say as of now, it's like very yeah. unlikely the Leafs get a forward. No, the only way they get yeah. a forward is if Kerfoot goes out, I think. And then at but this yeah. point, like Kerfoot's been playing pretty well. So yeah. would you want to do that? Yeah. But we'll see how he plays. Mind you, he does
0: have a high PDO. It's come down a bit, but to start theory, his PDO was a little high. I still think I'm not, I'm not knocking Kerfoot, but um again, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Kerfoot's play would like, if we could, again, like, like I've said a thousand times in the past, Five ten minutes. If we can get a better player, let's do it. If that's a forward,
2: same PDO as Tavares and Nylander. Yeah, fair. Ooh, makes sense. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Interesting. uh You guys had any other stuff on the docket there?
2: Any was, it, was that all the questions? Was there anything else? Yeah, those yeah. those
1: were all the questions that Some we had. Questions. It was like, very good questions. Very topical. Very
0: yeah. Quickly, the least Claimed Adam Brook and then sent him down on waivers. So we'll see what happens tomorrow at two o'clock. Yeah, hopefully Friday Vegas yes.
1: claims him again, and then he has to go back to Vegas, and then they s- and then Wait, leave. endless <laughs> cycle. And Vegas the has an cycle, injury; they have to yeah. call him up. <laughs> but the endless cycle continues. That'd be hilarious. Imagine yeah. the air miles he'd get on that. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the reward points he would never have to pay for a vacation for the rest of his life. Just going to Toronto to Vegas, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd love to see him back with the Marley, back in the Leafs organization. Mm-hmm. I really like Adam Brooks. Yeah, uh, he'll really help out the Marleys. Hopefully, they can go on a Calder Cup run. Help the rookies down there, right? Would be nice. Yep. Uh, Josh Ho saying done at the all the Leafs prospects done at the Olympics. I really got to say Matthew Nyes, Nick Abruzzese, from the bits that I watched, like Abruzzese was very, very, very good. Matthew Nyes was good as well. Uh Josh Hosang essentially did what Josh Hosang does, sk- skates the puck very well. Uh, so those are my closing notes on that. Women's Canada. Oh, my God. I don't know how we went this long without talking about it. The uh, Canadian women defeated USA 3-2. Oh, yeah. always love when that happens. Another gold medal within, what, six months of each other?
2: From the sock You're saying Canadian so- soccer. Canadian soccer. i didn't know what- getting too excited. Better than yeah. the States in both. Very exciting.
1: Very excited with that. That was awesome. Uh, on the, f- I was on a flight recently. I got to sit beside Laura Stacey, number seven, and her parents. They were on their way to Miami to watch her play in uh, those games. I, really, I believe it was the quarters and semis that they were going down and the finals that they were going down there to watch because they obviously couldn't go to China. So very happy for them, very happy for the Stacey family. That was awesome to see her now be a... Olympic gold medalist, Olympic silver medalist, and world championship uh, winner. Impressive. There too. That's a, impressive! That's a great team they had. They had, oh yeah, Canada USA rivalry. Holy, this is
2: very good hockey. I think Canada's a lot better though. Oh yeah, <laughs> they yeah. did park the bus a bit in that game, which made me a little worried. But uh, someone mentioned on Twitter, I totally agree. The States played that game like kind of the way the Leafs played Game Seven against Montreal, is where they like went down. Th- Early-ish. And they just kept dumping the puck in and trying to recover it. And it's like you had way too much skill on that American team to mm-hmm. dump the puck in as much as they did. That's true. The goalie gave up a stinker. Oh, an absolute stinker.
1: It was off a great play from Marie-Philippe Boulin, but uh, it was kind of a stinker of a shot, I really got to say. <laughs> um, ca- I mean, Captain Clutch. What That's else crazy. can you say? The number, I mean, compare her numbers to all of our big four in, uh, in do-or-die games. <laughs> Like, come on, <laughs> like, like you screw, don't got to throw them on the bus like that.
2: But we were talking a bit before the podcast, you know, I think a lot of people would agree. A lot of these women del- deserve a lot bigger of a stage in their normal club teams and yeah. non-Olympic play. And, you know, I ha- hope that they can consolidate all of the best players into one league and mm-hmm. that'd be awesome. give it a real shot, get a good TV deal. I think it would get I think it would get a lot of traction.
1: Yeah. I agree. I agree because the, those two Canada-USA games were very entertaining to watch. I bet the over on every single Canada game. That, it made it so much more entertaining to watch because they were like 11-1. But, uh, you know, after the Super Bowl, an 11 p.m. game Canada-Switzerland, I had, I had the over. That was a lot of fun watching that game, right, especially with – Betting being legalized April 4th. Mmm, exciting. Mm, a little juice to the game. A little sprinkle little something-something on it. You know, gets the juice flowing that much more. Gets you that much more perked up. But uh, congratulations to the Canadian women's hockey team. That was an awesome fantastic, Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Still best in the world. Suck it, USA. <laughs> right. Anything else? That's all. Thank you, everyone, for listening.
0: Go Leafs, go. The Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by Betstamp, the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sportsbooks. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy and sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Download the app today. The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Season 2 of The Lock Garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer, interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories, and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up.